are tuned in to Thursday Night Talk here on KHSU. Tonight, it's Eric Kirk and Chuck Rogers. As always, we welcome your contributions. Give us a call at 826-4805. If you're out of the area, at 800-640-5911. And to our text line at 492-KHSU. Thank you, Michael. Well, Chuck, we're, we're back Hi. here again. I think it's been a little while it, since it's we've... Been a, it's been a couple of months. Which um, is an eternity in what we, in our topics. You and I were just talking. It's It's been about 50 minutes since we both checked the news <laughs> yeah. updates. So, Who knows yeah, a couple of months me is like an eternity, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah anyway. Um, well, we were going to talk a little bit, maybe just briefly, about local elections. Okay, so sure. Something Supervisors' that, races are su- interesting. Supervisors' races. I read just one interesting factoid. All five candidates for the current races are H. You grads, that's something to note. So wow, that is, really? yeah, pretty that's amazing. good. I, I think it is good. Yeah. Um, so um, we, uh, you know, we we've had uh, they both had debates. Mm-hmm. Um, the fourth uh, district um, had a Rotary Club event at lunch. Right. I don't know that it got covered and it was just a few dozen people, but um, but it, it, it got some news coverage in the North Coast Journal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't. I don't think there's a video available. But there is the same d- night later that night. Night, there was a uh, a fifth uh, district debate between uh, Stephen Madrone right. and um, right and incumbent Sunberg. Ryan Sunberg, and they um, the that is available on Access Humboldt. You can watch it. Well, it's interesting you bring that up because uh, I was talking with someone just this morning uh, <laughs> about it, uh, an unnamed source. Mm-hmm. Um, who I, th- I think makes a very good point, and and that's this: the um, the energy that's on the left that we talk a lot about nationally, and yes. that is uh, palpable and uh, easily seen nationally. Uh, this person's view was that uh, it's the same here, and and possibly, possibly, uh, if if that energy is the same here, then maybe Madrone has a chance against Sunberg. Uh, it's, we'll it, see. It's possible. There are, it, it, it could be like a reverse of 1994 and 2010. Yeah, right, you know, right, right. Those were the, the waves. That was, the that was the contract Revolution. on America. Yeah. In, contract all America. For, sorry, yeah, sorry, that was a slip. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and then there was the Tea Party Revolution right. of 2010, and they, right. they flipped things. And uh, conventional, and so, yeah, it, it could very well be done. Also, Steve Madrone's uh, campaign seems very well organized. Mm-hmm. They've got their signs out. Um, they've got, he got their, they've walked McKinleyville already. He's I mean, running some ads on the air. Yeah. Uh, I know, at least on radio. Uh, and, he, you know, he's 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 talking a lot about um, uh, clean water. And, uh, right. you know, recently that, that's been an issue with a couple of big companies wanting to uh, build large, uh, heavy industry along the Mad River, which has been withdrawn yeah but it still it still does point out that we need to be aware of that as uh, some of those industries get bigger and bigger around yeah. here we need to make sure that because i think the, uh, in reading about it the mad river is what the water source for upwards of three quarters of humboldt county or something Pretty maybe, much, yeah, maybe that's more than it, that yeah uh, so that that is, uh, I think he's right to uh, to talk about that as an well, issue. Well, and that's his we his strength. That's he's been involved in does, water yeah, right. and sa- salmon restoration for over four decades, mm-hmm. which earned him some curious endorsements. Yeah. And that's w- another reason that your source might be saying that Madrone has a chance. He in, in December he got an endorsement from the Hoopa tribe, three to two, mm-hmm. but apparently there were some subsequent discussions. They did not revoke that endorsement. 
announcement, but they went ahead and endorsed 5-0, endorsed Ryan Sunberg as well. This was considered kind of a sting so e- either both? way. So now it's a, like a joint endorsement wow. from the Hoopa tribe. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the first time something like that's happened. I believe back when Pat Cleary was running against mm-hmm. Ryan Sunberg, there was, um, a, I think, the Bear River Casino gave donations to both uh, uh-huh. of them. And uh, so, you know, there's there's uh, different ways. But the Yurok tribe, and my understanding is Ryan is part Yurok, um, endorsed um, Sunberg 5-0, citing his water um, issues. Pardon me, not Ryan Sunberg, um, Steve Madrone. And this this has been the key to his winning, is to be able to have the conservative vote uh, up there uh, along with the tribal vote, who will normally vote uh, progressive on a lot of issues, but going along with Ryan because they identify with him. That might be wearing thin. We, we'll see. But who knows if, who, if the tribes speak for the right yeah, to file there. Right. We'll, we'll find out. But those are major developments. Um, there's, uh, there was that Virginia debate. Bass then has two opponents, right? Two opponents, uh, which you know sets up the possibility of a runoff. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, most likely, uh, Sunberg and, um, and, and Madrone will be resolved in June yeah, because right. anybody who breaks 50%, and it's yeah. really hard when you've only got two candidates, it's it would have happen. to be a lot of right. write-ins or something. Yeah. And uh, but uh, with three candidates, Marianne Lyons and um, Danny Burkhart mm-hmm. um, are are in it against Virginia Bass. It makes it more plausible that there could be a runoff because somebody has to get 50% right. and then the top two run off against each right. other. Unless November. the other two just split that side of the vote. Uh, who knows? It doesn't, it doesn't really matter splitting because, um, because you know, you either one, one candidate's either going to get 50% or not. Mm-hmm. After that, it really doesn't matter. Um, it could matter in November if somebody decides to run as as a write-in, as happened in 2008 with regard to Cliff Clendenin, Estelle Fennell, and um, Joanna Rodoni. Mm-hmm. Joanna Rodoni was, came in third but decided to run as a write-in, and the state um, uh, decide, determined that she could do that, even right. though the runoff was supposed to decide that, right? Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> that, but the statute isn't written really clearly, so so that, that could possibly happen, not likely. Um, and it's hard to run a write-in candidacy, so... But but it's possible unless uh, and and I would say if anybody's going to break fifty percent, it's most likely Virginia because the other sure. two are considered progressive and would probably split that part of the vote. But but then once November comes, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So that's uh, so that that is uh, the local race. Of course, we will also have uh, Eureka City Council races and I think some Arcata City Council races coming up in November. Um, and because of the re structuring of the wards in Eureka, it now puts um, Ken Fullerton up against um, uh, oh God, uh, Natalie uh, Arroyo, Arroyo um, yeah. in in uh, the new district. That could be an exciting race to watch. Um, Mr. Fullerton has lost his last couple of bids, right. lost to uh, Austin Allison Austin when Allison, they were in the right. same same one. Um, but it's very interesting because now there's... I believe like, he's a CPA, is that right? Yes, yeah, he is. Right. Yeah, and uh, it considered... Conservative, um, mm-hmm. you know, and and um, lost uh, narrowly to to um, to no, actually not narrowly to convincingly to Austin Allison. I think he ran on a it was lost a school board vote uh, before prior to that. But anyway, he he is sort of the um, the standard bearer for right. the conservatives in mm-hmm. in uh, Eureka and. Um, 
the um, so we'll see what happens we, with district uh, with ward elections. It opens up things back, way back in San Francisco. It led to more progressives getting elected, more neighborhood progressives getting elected. But at the time, the Richmond district was fairly conservative, and so the last uh, elected Republican to actually ever be elected in San Francisco was Dan White in the Richmond district. Uh, not comparing Mr. Fullerton to Dan White in any way, but that was uh, but that goes back a ways. That goes back to the seventies. Yeah. Then after that. They ended uh, district elections because, hey, district elections don't work, led to the death of you know Harvey mm-hmm. Milk and the mayor, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But then in the 1990s, um, they pushed it back, and it's back to district elections there, and there's there's no neighborhood that's Republican anymore. So right. it's just, uh, it doesn't matter. So anyways, a lot of interesting things happening there. Um, it seems like the statewide races are going fairly predictable, um, but and those, it doesn't matter. Even if you get more than 50%, you're still in a runoff. Mm-hmm. Um, come um, come November, but the top two uh, get it. I think we've got the same three candidates running for Congress we did last time. Yeah, well, and we should remind people that the primary is June fifth, so right. yeah. don't forget. And yeah. as we have learned uh, recently, elections have consequences. That's right, and so I think absentees are vote. being sent out yeah. next week. So. I believe that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So coming up now, I still haven't seen my um, my sample, s- sample ballot. ballot um, so it's. I, there's four ballot measures, statewide ballot measures, in there too, including one that's really important to. The well, North I went Coast. online uh, to the Humboldt County side; did not see a sample ballot today. So no, um, yeah, I, they don't. Getting... The county doesn't have one. The state may have one, but yeah. I don't. The county does not have one yet. Uh, there are a few measures um, around, mostly bond measures. Mm-hmm. Um, Southern Southern Humboldt's got uh, Measure F, which is their hospital extension of their hospital uh, parcel tax, and uh, that they're they're pushing, but. There, I don't know that there's any state, uh, county-wide initiatives um, this time around. There might be at least one in November, as mm-hmm. you know, uh, the sanctuary one that we've discussed. Uh, yeah, uh, yes, yeah. and right, uh, that you're working on. That yeah. we're, yes, and um, <clears throat> and and there may be actually one or two others as well. And um, the statue coming down, may, they're gathering signatures for right. that. So that would be for Arcata voters. Uh, City Council, of course, has decided already four to one to remove the statue. This uh, the, They are gathering signatures. My understanding is they already have enough signatures, but they're yeah. still gathering more because you know, want to be sure. Um, and um, that to put that on the ballot and mm-hmm. that will uh, decide whether or not to uh, remove the statue. Voters are going to have to be very careful in that one to make sure that they're not voting yes when they mean no and vice versa. Yeah, it would depend on how that's worded. <clears throat> right, yeah, because because uh, there were people that didn't realize that city council had passed it and mm-hmm. signed that petition thinking that they were actually supporting taking the statue down, you know, by putting it on the ballot. And uh, anyway, so... And this has gotten a lot of national attention. Oh, too. yeah, Tucker Tons Carlson. Uh, yeah. And uh, Carl Rove uh, wrote yeah. a piece on it yeah. about Arcata. So it's... Uh, that's going. That's going to um, probably be a heated. It's already been very heated in the Arcadia City Council mm-hmm. meetings. That's probably going to be a very um, uh, contentious campaign. And, I would think so. Yeah. I would think so. so uh, I'm reading a book right now by the mayor of New Orleans about his uh, quest to take down Confederate statues in that city. So, right, uh, yeah, who knows what's going to happen with President McKinley there? We don't know. You know, they were talking about we sending it to his hometown. His hometown says we've already got too many statues. We, we don't have bother. one. Thank you. Yeah. yeah so, <laughs> um, so anyway, but um, so though that's that's on the local level, and I think that pretty much covers the state level. There are a few uh, measures. They're mostly bond measures. 
measures. There is one very interesting one about water preservation in the parks that might have relevance to Humboldt County. Mm-hmm. Everybody should uh, look out for that. Um, and um, but you know the the interesting politics. Uh, we we talk, they're talking about this blue wave, and yeah. um, and it's kind of interesting because the economy is going pretty strong right now. And you know this time 1984, I remember everybody saying it's hopeless. There's no way that Ronald Reagan is going to lose in 1984 because the economy is strong. It used to be if the economy was yep. strong, you were okay. But there's a lot of other stuff oh, going on so much. here, and uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that. The economy was also doing pretty well in 1994, and that didn't help Clinton out in the midterm no. election. So no. it's um, <clears throat> and and they also are worried about their future mechanization. You know, a lot of people have jobs right now. Short term effect of you know tax breaks. Some of that money gets spent on the economy. We'll see how much of it. Yeah. Uh, some of, there's also some concern that a lot of it's stock buybacks mm-hmm. rather than investment. Yeah, who knows? So. Well, speaking of me- mechanization, that you know that has come up. Uh, that came up recently in West Virginia, where Trump returned there again, talking about coal. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of the people who write about that pointed out that you know, even if we did revitalize that to some extent, a lot of that would be automated. Yeah, it wouldn't be guys with picks in the in the mines anymore. Right. Yeah. So you know, he's fewer lives lost, but fewer livelihoods. Yeah, exactly. So you know, he, he's he's getting away with a lot like that, where he's he's just talking about things that just aren't right. Yeah. Um, and they would have to do that to be competitive with natural course. gas. Yeah, and it's just not going to happen. I mean, that's not the direction that energy is moving. Right. To start with. Yeah. Uh, but. You know, he's made a lot of hay with it. So. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens there. Joe Manchin is, of course, facing yeah. a tough re-election. He's breaking with the Democrats a lot lately, like he on Pompeo. To. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, in order to get arrested. I'm not quite sure that was one that he had to break with on, but he's going to break on other issues. So a woman up in South Dakota as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm forgetting her name, but she broke with him on that as well. Um, Rand Paul reversed himself and went along with Pompeo. You know, yeah, you know, I think, I think Rand Paul, this is not the first time Rand Paul has done that. And, and I think that what he's doing is he's figured out that he can get a lot of free publicity and a free a lot of free press by acting like he's going to be the maverick. Right. And then at the last minute, oh, you know, I changed my mind. Yeah. And in the meantime, he's, you know, his name recognition has gone up again and he's back in the news and people in Kentucky see him on the news again and they think he's doing a good job. So right. I, I, th- I think that it has more to do with with his, uh, his branding politically than yeah. it does with him actually ever thinking that he would vote against his leadership. Yeah, in, he's got to make the, the token effort to yeah, be the, the independent. Let me just uh, remind everybody, you're listening to KHSU. This is Thursday Night Talk. Chuck Rogers is my guest. My name is Eric Kirk. We are talking national uh, politics. We talked a little bit of local politics. If you'd like to get into the discussion, the phone number is 826-4805 or if you're out of the area, 1-800-640-5911. That's 826-4805 or 1-800-640-5911. And if you want to send a text if you don't feel like uh, being, having your voice come over the air, you can send it to 492-KHSU. That's 492-KHSU. You know, here's a, here's a California connection to some of the national mm-hmm. politics uh, that you know we were just talking about. It's a little bit under the radar, not completely, but a little bit. Something right. to keep an eye on. Uh, just recently in reading about politics in Iowa, of all places, um, and that's a long story as to why right. I pay attention to that, but, but Eric Garcetti, the mayor of Los Angeles. Uh, you know, we hear a lot about Kamala Harris and some of the other folks in in uh, California. 
But Garcetti has been in Iowa a lot recently. And if you listen to some of his speeches uh, and some of the talks, he's, he's getting a good response there. I, yeah, it's a long shot. Uh, for sure, for him, because he's not as well known nationally as some of the yeah, other people. Yeah, and when was the last time a mayor got exactly. elected president? Exactly. Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, but the response he's getting there, and you know, early in my career, I covered politics there and covered the uh, the Iowa caucuses. Right. And uh, because of how the caucus system works, somebody like Garcetti could plow through there. And do okay. I mean, it's happened before, right? Uh, but it's 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 absolute uh, retail politics there in the caucus system, and he's already got an infrastructure there. Wow! And that's, I know it's only it, that's interesting. It, it's only April of eighteen. Well, I know. You, but you know, as soon as the midterm elections are going to be there, we get into oh, January. It's gonna be we're going to be talking two thousand and it's going to be full bore. So I would I would keep an eye on that. All right, we'll get back to that in just a minute, but uh, we have our first caller. Holly in Eureka, you're on the air. Hi, Eric. Uh, I, I'm a Virginia Bass supporter. Hmm. Uh, those other two can call themselves progressives, but Virginia has been where the action is. She, she knows the issues. She, she sticks up for those of us who aren't affluent. Mm-hmm. And I, I just hate to see the way Virginia has been painted because she truly is a person of the people. Have you known her a long time? Yes. I grew up here also. Are, are there any issues in particular that you see as being important for this race? Oh, homelessness is the number one issue. I don't want to say rent control, but affordable housing is the issue. I chose to be arrested on May 2nd, 2016, when they were clearing out Palco Marsh. Mm. Uh, And that's the first time in my life I was ever arrested. Virginia cares. Mm -hmm. The opioid summit, uh, you you just look at Virginia's record and, and she, she's really put herself on the line for us. And so you wouldn't consider yourself, uh, let's say, a Trump supporter or something like that at this point, right? Oh, you have to be kidding. Eric, you so know me. I, I, I know, I'm just saying, so you're not, you're not somebody who, uh, who is considered conservative in that sense, and you're supporting her as a progressive. Absolutely. Okay. Because I, because I know her. I've mm-hmm. seen her in action. We've been together so many places. Uh, just a quick question, Holly, uh, b- before we let you go. Are you and or do you know of uh, uh, a lot of folks who are actually uh, out uh, pounding the pavement and knocking on doors and working for her to uh, toward yes, her really? Oh, you do? Yes, I do. I am. If you look at my car, people tease me about my car, mm-hmm. but I've had a Virginia Bass bumper sticker on my car for every campaign. Uh, I also have uh, some others that, mm-hmm. that I'm a peace advocate, but I I went to Occupy. I took my grandchildren to Occupy. I went to the Women's March. No way. I think Eric may have said conservative just to rile me. 
<laughs> I just uh, <laughs> I just I brought it up because she's perceived as the more conservative of the three. But conservative and liberal mean different things at the local level than they do at the national right. and Especially all the different issues. So yeah, so there's a lot of lot of issues there. But she's perceived that way. If they if they say who's the conservative candidate, they're going to say her. But you know, it's kind of like you know Willie Brown being the conservative candidate in San Francisco. Right. You know, anywhere right. else he's a communist, right? Yeah, so it just right. it, it depends on 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 the context. But I did bring that up also to point out that it's not just Republicans supporting her. She may get, and, and in fact, she's actually earned the ire of some of the Republicans. I know that for a fact. She's told me about it. So mm-hmm. Yes, and, and I'm a, I'm a Bernie-crat. Mm-hmm. And, and went to the Women's March. My granddaughters went to the Women's March here, locally. We can't afford to go uh, other places. But Virginia truly does care. She puts her money where her mouth is, and she's realistic. Okay. Virginia is not going to tell you one thing today and tell somebody else something else tomorrow. Well, well thank you very it's much. Absolute- this this is the kind of input you yeah. know, we're looking for. We want to, you know, people want to know. Now, I don't live in in the fourth district, um, so I. But uh, I do. But you do. Um, yeah, I, I live several blocks away from it. I'm I'm in Rex's district, and he's not up this. Oh, time, I'm so. sorry. Poor man. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well. Thank you. Thank you very much, Holly. <laughs> Maybe Rex and will call now. Thank you for now. the program. This has been wonderful. You, thank you. you. Bet. All right. Well, you know, that's uh, I mean, you You make a good point, though, Eric, that that uh, the definition of conservative in a place like Humboldt or San Francisco, like you referenced, is very different than what we would think of nationally, especially now, uh, where a lot of people who at one time would have been uh, considered conservative wouldn't even have a place in the Republican Party today. Right. Uh, And and in fact, a lot of them have left and some of them are now, you know, uh, under. Declared or independent, depending on where you are. You know, but, in certain parts of the country, Orrin Hatch is considered a liberal, right? Exactly. You know? so yes. Crazy, you know, there. Um, yeah. Well, you know, we. Um, we, we 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 bring these up. Well, we do. We are talking a little bit about the blue wave. There are several polls that came out. Mm-hmm. Um, now the Democrats are perceived as having a stronger chance of taking the House. Right. In fact, there are a lot of people de- deciding to spend more time with their families. That's the usual yeah. euphemism for "I'm getting out of here." Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and so they it's perceived, but they they have to. They're like defending like ten states and only yeah. attacking two. There have been some recent reports that suggest that uh, although. Although the Republican National Committee has not said this officially, there have been some uh, reports that some of the higher-ups in the party uh, are deciding not to spend as much on defending the House because they just don't think that the chances are good. They're going to pour a lot of that money into at least defending the Senate, Senate, which would be a road – that would be, you know, the block. Right. Uh, so that uh, something that was passed by um, a newly democratic house would would fail or stall in the Senate. So it looks like that may be their plan. We'll see. All right, we have another caller, but before we take the call, I just want to point out there's a couple of polls. Tennessee, yeah, Bridgeris yeah. is um, ahead by three points of his Republican challenger to replace Corker's seat. Yeah, and a uh, and there's a whole bunch of politics around that. Poor guy Corker says, "Oh, my friend's running on the Democrat. He's a nice guy." And McConnell says, "Don't you dare he say he's a hammered, nice guy." Public, yeah, hammered. For and that. Um, yeah. and in Arizona, the Democrat yeah. is ahead. Nevada, the Democrat is ahead. Uh-huh. So, and and you know the, these ten seats that they got to defend. It's been said that the Democrats have to take an in, get an inside straight 
they could very they well could do get that. it. They could get it. They because, could get it because John Tester is now looking really good. He he it was people that came to him that brought down this doctor, That's right. and they were they were military people, and he's twenty three of them. Yeah, yeah, so and they're all lying. But anyway, we'll get to that. <laughs> all right, we have Dave in Soham. You. You're on the air. Hi, thanks for taking my call. You bet. Uh, I have a comment about contemporary politics in general. And um, let me preface that by saying I'm 60 years old. I've been paying attention to this stuff for a little while, and I'm not naive. However, uh, I think we're really hitting a new low on this point, which is that this morning I heard accounts of the Supreme Court arguments over the Muslim ban. Uh And it really struck me. Here are the Supreme Court justices um, questioning whether campaign rhetoric should be um, given credence, you know, in terms of Trump saying in the campaign, I'm going to ban all Muslims. It is a very specific context because supposedly uh, because the, the, um, the administrative branch is given a certain amount of jurisdiction that when they have an order, it should be reviewed only on the terms of the four corners and not, not external evidence. However, um, the precedents go both ways, and that's what they're arguing about. But I right. hear you. How, can, how are you supposed to not ignore it? And in fact, it was the judge himself who said it there and says, how am I supposed to tune that out? He was like in my right. ear every other day. So. You can't unhear it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Go ahead. I'm, not, I'm not really referring to the legalities. I'm referring to the practicalities, mm-hmm. which, in my opinion, is a lot of what leads to the apathy and the uh, lack of participation in the system. A, I think, you know, the disgust that I have for the vast majority of politicians that I've observed in my lifetime um, spreads throughout the country and leads to people voting for Trump just on the basis that he's going to blow up the system or leads to people not participating and not voting, both of which lead to the situation that we have now. And um, I have a local uh, analogy for that as well. You know, not to beat up on him, um, I thought he did a few good things, but um, when Roger Rodoni first ran for uh, supervisor in Southern Humboldt against Roy Hyder, mm-hmm. um, he was much more straightforward, and he lost. And the second time he ran, it impressed me that he had learned the lessons that um, I'm discussing here, which... Uh, manifested in a uh, a debate on the radio where all night long Roger danced around every question. I'm not looking to beat up on him, but, you know, this is a very vivid memory for me. He danced around every question. He didn't answer anything straight. And then at the end of the show, someone called in and said, Roger, you haven't answered any questions tonight. I'm asking you a yes or no question. I would appreciate if you gave me a yes or a no. And Roger went on very glibly and articulately and danced around things while all the while the guy was while roger was talking the guy was just chanting yes or no roger yes or no roger yes or no roger and roger never answered the question and guess who won the election roger yeah yeah so um 
Anyway, yeah, can I ask you a, just a real quick question? Uh, you bring up a, a fascinating point, and uh, one of the things I would like to ask—actually, uh, it's twofold. One, do you do you think that nationwide, uh, and you know that includes here locally, of course, that the experience of the last couple of years has actually taught us a lesson? And two. Uh, the second part of that is, do you think that the next generation, the millennials, uh, are looking at this silliness and uh, some of the polls are showing that they are much more engaged and much more likely to make changes, uh, lasting changes, than some of the generations that have come before them? Do, do you buy into any of that? Well, you know, I'm an optimist by heart. Yeah. I don't have my finger on the pulse either locally or nationally. You know, I'm a radio junkie. I listen to news and mm-hmm. analysis all the time. Um, but, you know, I guess um, when November's elections come around, we'll get a better read on that. But yeah. I certainly, you know, don't have any predictions. I have my hopes. Yeah. Well, I think Bernie really uh, mobilized a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, remains to be seen whether that carries through or not. Um, I'm counting on the fact that you know, from the um, almost giddiness of having someone like Bernie achieve as much as he did and then get slapped in the face with what we got with Trump, you know, if that doesn't mobilize folks, I don't know what will. Well, you have, for instance, last fall, the Virginia election. You know, a couple Mm -hmm. of years ago, Democrats only ran in about a third of the districts. This time they ran in like 90 of 100 of them. And they won a bunch of races that they weren't supposed to win. And these were not people who were seasoned politicians. These were new people in it. You have the the trans woman, for instance, who was very instrumental, went talked to everybody and and had a write in. And these are, it's happened in a couple of elections yeah. since now those pr- people will probably get jaded they might be like Roger where you know they want to stay in once they're in and, and get changed but every once in a while you want to mix things up a little bit um, you know and you're either voting to mix things up or voting like you said to start a dumpster fire and those are are uh, you know things that can happen and it may be that um, that you know this 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 wave we get could be for by some according to some people, a positive outcome of Trump being elected. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave, w- one last thing uh, just to uh, give you, uh, to support your hope. Uh, I'm kind of optimistic like you are uh, and hopeful. Uh, and one of the things I've been reading recently is uh, when, when I mentioned the next generation, what I'm getting at there is they don't seem to be swayed by some of the strategies that have been used by the far right since, arguably, since the early 60s and going all the way up through, you know, Reagan and Gingrich and so on. And what I mean by that is uh, the, the divisive, angry culture wars don't seem to resonate with uh, the next generation, which, by the way, is now bigger than the boomers, by the way. And that means that uh, racial divisions, gender divisions, uh, economic divisions, and things like that don't seem to be wedge issues that work with them the way they worked with the baby boom generation for the right. Or even the Gen X generation. So I don't know if I'm explaining that well, but that's why I'm remaining hopeful about the next generation. They also seem to be registering to vote in larger numbers than ever before. Right. And they also seem to be motivated in some of these special elections that we've seen to actually go vote. So I think your hope is well-placed and let's just hope that it uh, it does play out yeah. the way we think it could. 
Sounds good today. I think so. Thanks I mean, for it's the all call. about cycles, you know. Yeah, it is. There'll be there'll be more jaded times than the rest, but if we can get something new, sometimes you know, if we can get through a cycle of positive development, things happen and then they last, yeah. and we go into a dark ages again. Yeah. It's just the way it, way it Why works. do we do that? <laughs> just, well, we get complacent. We get. Yeah, you know, that's that's exactly it. We get yeah. complacent and we stop voting. Right. That's what happens. Well, one of the things that happens too is whenever the Republicans are in power with the presidency, Nation Magazine, Mother Jones, their sales go through the roof. Yeah. The ACLU is collecting all kinds of money. Right. All of a sudden, MSNBC is outperforming Fox News. They are on, on the type of thing. It, you know, getting the into time. power is yeah. is sometimes not best for your movement. They talk about this was what Marxists used to talk about. The two most depressing aspects, states of of being a Marxist, is when you're not mm-hmm. in power and when you are in power. You know, yeah. it's just uh, you, you get you you get there and uh, and. But Fox News did really well when Obama was in there. Well, yeah, and supposedly, uh, I don't know if this has been corroborated, but supposedly some of the staff members with uh, Rush Limbaugh's production company have always said a similar thing. You know, if we oh, if we could just keep Obama in office, <laughs> you know, we'd be great. Yeah. Um, but uh, you're right. So you're right. Um, yeah. uh, we do seem to be reflexive rather than proactive. Yeah, or with we're politics. proactive for a while, but it. It burns out. It yeah. gets old, and they, and and the political people Things we elect seem to be are going no longer fine. fresh, and, yeah, they, and right. they and they get a little bit jaded in one in their right. spots. So even even the good people, I mean, but although you know, the one thing you got to say about Bernie is he's been through through decades, yeah, and. There have been a few compromises he's made, which, you know, maybe mm-hmm. some of us are like, think, God, did you have to do that? But nothing major. Right. Nothing real major. A little bit of compromise on gun control, which got him, earned him a deal. Well, that's the only way him. he could win statewide in Vermont, in, in Vermont back yeah. then and, and the rest. And he listened to people. And so he's like, he's he's upset with the NRA. He says, what do you mean I get a D? Give me my yeah. F. You right, know? right, it's right. Just, <laughs> yeah. just, um, well, well, that's and, you why know, you he's could... one of the few that has my respect. Yeah, yeah right. Because he stands for something. Yeah, well, they, yeah, yeah. they couldn't find much on scandal. I mean, they were really scraping the bottom of the barrel. An essay he wrote that was, you know, kind of insensitive in its its imagery. Yeah. Um, you know, they tried to pile on his wife because the school she ran didn't go down, but there really wasn't a lot to mm-hmm. attack him on. They looked for stuff. Dave, uh, do you think that if Bernie had started a little earlier, he would have had time to catch Clinton and actually overtake her to the point where he would have gotten the nomination? I don't know about that. It sounds like the DNC was, you know, well, kind yeah. of, um, stacking the cards on that deck. Yeah, but I, where he really got hit was he was doing really well until they got to Super Tuesday, mm-hmm. and then the Southern Black vote just didn't go for him. They yeah. were they're very uh, they're kind of conservative in a way. They they live in conservative states. They don't want to take a chance on somebody. They and they had a I history with the Clintons. They, yeah, they had a history with the Clintons, and they wanted to vote for the person that they perceive to be the most likely to be able to defeat the Republican. Mm-hmm. That's how how they voted, and it just didn't go well for him. I think if he had he he needed to go and be on a tour through the South through that whole fall. Yeah. And uh, and and if he ever does it again, he'll hopefully learn from that. Well, if he if he has a weakness, uh, his weakness is carrying that particular message. Yeah. And well, getting... from what I heard, go ahead. From what I heard, um, at least in the um, the final general election, uh, there were far fewer uh, African Americans and millennials that voted in 2016 than in 2012. Right. And you know, I am a firm believer in the lesser of two evils. I don't like it, but it's reality. Sure. And mm-hmm. I, 
it, it just blows my mind that someone could argue, oh, I'm not going to bother voting, you know, because... Because um, they didn't see the difference. Because I don't like Clinton. And yeah. it's like, well, you know, do you like what you got now? Is that is that better or is it even even? Yeah. Well, you and know? it came down to just what, uh, was it 70,000, 40,000, 70,000 votes in Wisconsin, yeah. Pennsylvania? No, if yeah. any, anybody says that Michigan. that election result didn't matter, needs to talk to either a DACA kid yeah, or, right. you know, or um, anybody, I mean, you know, a lot of people. I um, didn't like Hillary personally, but that right. didn't stop me from voting for her. Well, right. the way I look at it is you vote for your best chance at having an influence. You're not supposed to stop being active at the election anyway, so right. you vote for the person who's most vulnerable to the influence that you can be a part of. That's, you know, that's how, it's, it's not just lesser evil, it's, mm-hmm. you know, am, am I going to have a voice, you know, that that person has to listen to? Trump doesn't have to listen to, you know, somebody, a, you know, radical attorney in the green belt. He doesn't have to do that, you know, left wing. Right. So it's just, um, but, you know, Hillary Clinton, well, at least she would have had to listen. Yeah. Know? Just so well, I'll say one more thing and then yeah. get off the air, which is you know, um, as much as I am a diehard progressive, at this point, it's almost to the point where um, honesty and, and integrity and following through on what you promise is almost as important as what you promise. Yeah, no kidding, huh? Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm just, I'm just so disgusted, but I'm not going to stop voting. I'm not going to stop being an optimist. Thanks for the discussion. Thanks All right, for the thank call. Thank you, Dave. All right. You're listening to KHSU. This is Thursday Night Talk. Chuck Rogers and I, Eric Kirk, are discussing uh, national and local politics. Um, phone number if you want to join the conversation, 826-4805 or 800-640-5911. If you're out of the area, that's 826-4805 or 800-640-5911. And if you want to uh, send something in on the text, line it is 707-492-KHSU that's 5478-KHSU by the way uh the French president's address oh, to Congress. Well, that. after he made nice personally with Trump, right? right? Uh, over a couple really of days. Awkward moments, yeah. yeah exactly. Uh, a lot of touching and yeah. holding and all that. Uh, but then he goes to Congress and he makes this incredible speech where he's talking about the dangers of uh, you know far-right nationalism and, uh, and all of the hot spots around the world. It right. was, you know, I would consider it as... Um, as a as anti-Trump as he could have been yeah. in Washington, uh, and so maybe uh, maybe Macron is the is now the the leader. Um, uh, certainly, certainly, he's displaced Trump, uh, but yeah. Merkel in Germany too. But yeah. but I was I was impressed with what the, with the fact that he went before Congress and he did he said yeah. what he needed to say. Yeah. Now he also joined with Britain in the uh, in in the missile bombings of uh, yeah. of, of the of Syria, which mm-hmm. you know everybody's got to look at. Okay, what are we trying to accomplish there? Yeah. What is the end game? Everybody always asks that mm-hmm. with Obama. What is the end game? What is your game? You know, you don't want ISIS to win you don't want but but you've got this regime in there mm-hmm. are you going to try to make it so that he's out of power or yeah. you know not and if not what is the plan why are you bombing him right. if you don't want to remove him from power and Macron was part of that so so Trump 
did, doesn't want to blow that because no. he's got got that much. He had he had sort of the old the, the band came back for that from you know because the, the there's a lot of resistance to a lot of other things that we've been doing. Well, and, and the the Iran decision is coming up on the 12th of May. Yeah, and you know that I I think that was maybe the biggest reason Macron came yeah. here uh, because uh, you know he he and the other members of the EU want the U.S. to stay in that deal. Right. Trump wants to blow it up and get out of the deal. Yeah. Uh, and Macron said he he is not sure if he convinced Trump one way or the Ooh, other. Not, yeah, and and I'm sure that there were plenty in, in Trump's cabinet that were frustrated yes. that they were talking. Because, Especially Bolton. Be, right, yeah. yeah, because that's they, they're totally for for tossing that away. And, mm-hmm. um, and so, you know, it, it, it's, it is interesting. I, you know, the politics of this, too, for a while there, I was thinking, oh, that whole narrative of, of the anti-Trump narrative that he's beholden to Russia. Gosh, he's expelled 60 Russian diplomats. He's bombing, uh, taking on Assad against the Russian wishes, and and all of a sudden sanctions are coming, and what happens? He We learn that he screamed about those 60. He felt right. like he was played by his cabinet, where he really only wanted to do four, no because that's no more else. than anybody right. else. Right. Um, he reversed uh, and and basically threw Nikki Haley under the bus on on the sanctions. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's almost like somebody made a phone call, right? Yeah. And you know, I, I mean, it's all it is it, just. I don't know what everybody's. His whole line is no collusion, no collusion. I don't care about the collusion question. I care about whether there is some influence. I don't care what he did with prostitutes in that night. And of course, that's been in the news um, that he actually did stay over where he had previously mm-hmm. denied it. Mm-hmm. Now he's denying the denial, saying Comey made that up. So, so what you're worried about is whether Putin really does have something on Trump. Compromise. I, I mean, is are we compromised? I don't know. You know, I, it's a I, really, I think clearly we are. Yeah. I mean, that's they definitely wanted him in office. As as other people have said, uh, you know, I certainly don't take credit for this, but uh, he is not behaving like an innocent guy. No, no, he's not. He's freaking out. You you would think if he would, you know, you wouldn't have to say no collusion, no collusion, no collusion over and over again. <laughs> you know, if he wasn't trying to do something, he gets into an interview, and that's what he says half the time with the New York Times: no collusion. I, you know, it's the just, failing <clears throat> New York Times. The failing, and it's like, yeah. and and who knows if there was collusion? I don't care about collusion. What I do know is they wanted him in office, and Absolutely. that's what the media is not asking: is why even NPR was like, oh, they're trying to sow discord. It's like, no, they tried to sow discord afterwards. Their agenda was to get him in office, clearly. Well, you know, we can debate whether they were effective or not. The fact of the matter is that was their aim. There is no doubt about that. So why? Well, you know, why with him in office, doesn't that suggest that they do have something on him? And well, isn't that I, I why don't know whether any other reason. Well, but that would be why they would want him in office. Right. Because they, if they do have something on him, then they can play him like a puppet. Exactly. I mean, you know, that's that's right. And and and, it, and the whole thing. And when he was forced into situations, I figure, okay, you know, the sanctions thing. Well, they probably they know he's got to make a show of it, right? Mm-hmm. But maybe it was a little bit more than they expected. And it, you know, it's almost like he got a phone call saying, "Why are you What's expelling so many people?" And then he goes and asks his people, "Why are we expelling so many people?" Well, mm-hmm. we match. I don't care what we're matching. I don't, I don't want it to be any more. You know why? Why it's it is so strange, and and uh, you know the the media, quite frankly, I think is so trans 
uh, fixed on on uh, on the whole question of the collusion of the uh, of the uh, and and how the dossier is like quietly being right. like like now nothing's been debunked that whole passport thing he right. could have been in Prague without the passport so there's nothing that's been debunked mm-hmm. everything else has been corroborated that has been you know addressed some of it hasn't been right. yet but nothing has been debunked from it why are we still going with the, the assumption that just because the DNC paid for it or the Hillary Clinton paid for it that well, it's that was originally invalid. and right. then but then the Republicans started using it later well I thought they used it first uh, was they, it, was they it used first? it first they were yeah, doing it the, there was the investigation but this dossier came out specifically when Steele was hired and right. I think that was after and he all of a sudden said wait a minute I can't give this to the Clinton administration yeah, but some of the Republicans this. were using it against in, Trump in the primaries in the primaries right and then Clinton took yeah. it on it's so. uh, anyway I, I just it's it's really strange how this is going to play out and how things are looking at but why is the media not asking that question it's like it's it's like okay well, we, we we're going to get into whether or not russia did make the definitive difference we don't know that right we'll never be able to prove that one way or another what we do know is they wanted him in office why did they want the republican to win doesn't that go against our whole cold war you know well par- part of that part of that from the media perspective though is that uh Robert Mueller is the one who has some of the answers to that. Mm-hmm. And un, un, until and unless some of that information does come out, in whether it's in indictments or grand jury testimony on the part of somebody, the president or Donald Trump, somebody, right. uh, you can't just go with it yet. Yeah. You can write opinion pieces on it, but you can't say it as fact until some of that is released from the special counsel's yeah. investigation because a lot of what the FBI and the CIA have found has gone to the special counsel. And so it's not and, – and – this special counsel office is not leaking. No, they leak when they want. So they leak, exactly, they when when they have something to leak, you so know, there's a reason for it. I it's think your question is going to get answered, but I yeah. think I think the answers are tied up right now in the investigation. And and I'll, I'll let me just tell you one one other thing. For, I think the people who are covering this, one of the linchpins in this is whether Trump does or does not meet with Mueller for an interview. Yeah. Uh, and Giuliani was supposedly negotiating yeah, that that could happen, but yeah. I don't think the rest of the legal team wants that. So. Because I I think, here's what I think. I think Mueller has a case now, uh, several, <laughs> not one, but he has an obstruction case. He may have some other cases as well mm-hmm. that we don't know about yet. Um, and th- I think that he needs a decision about whether he is or isn't going to get to talk to Trump. And and once once he gets a no, which I think it's going to be from the White House, then right. his decision is going to be, do I test whether I can indict a sitting president? Once that is taken care of, then he's going to move forward one yeah. way or the other. And that's when we're going to get the answer to the question you're asking right now. Well, if he doesn't indict the president, he can indict people around him. I mean, that's, Absolutely. So that's, well, and the other thing is he could indict the president after he's out of office. I mean, right. he could... He could, he could he, I mean, you're the lawyer. You tell me there could be a sealed indictment that is unsealed after he's out of office, well, and he's a private citizen. That that's why supposedly that's why Ford pardoned Nixon. 
Yeah, here's an untested uh, question as to whether or not a president can pardon himself. Yeah, right. I mean, um, Nixon didn't think so. That's why he made the deal with Ford. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, that's, anyway. And don't forget, we've got another case in the Southern District of New York, too. We also have the the Attorney General of the State of New York, who is also working on some things. And pardons will not extend to any state charges, only to federal charges. I I just, you know, and, and, and then Hannity comes. This is going to be a movie. Somebody is going to be putting this together. And it's writing itself. You You don't even need a screenwriter for this. (laughs) No, it's insane. It is absolutely insane. That was just, uh, and then apparently, you know, and then everybody's speculating why is Hannity. Oh, I gave him 10 bucks so he wouldn't talk about it, you know, and I asked him some stuff on real estate. All of a sudden, there's some questions about whether he benefited inappropriately from Uh some programs Uh in real estate. God, I. It's, uh, and now it turns out he has hundreds of homes, yeah. uh, not just one. Yeah, I mean, so. you know, and this is a guy who interviews him over and over and over again right. without disclosing the Absolutely. connection. And all he has to say is, by the way, I have used him as an attorney on occasion. Nobody would think right. twice about it. Which is completely unethical. <laughs> yeah. But it, it gets back to the fact that journalism is not a profession. So right. uh, yeah. you can say it's unethical, but, but technically... there's no bar there's or no, 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 he can't him. be disbarred. Yeah. His, uh, his, his uh, medical license can't be revoked. His right. CPA license can be none of that. Yeah. So we can scream about it all we want. Yeah. But no, we have we, we have to accept something like that so that other people will be but, but they, able to free you know, if, to report the if news. They would just be so. if they would just be you know even even thoughtful about it because if he it, he wouldn't it wouldn't have even been an issue if it had been out there people would have been like oh why has he got the same attorney that's caught up on this but if he had been disclosed that and all he had to say is by the way for disclosure before we start the interview yeah. he and I have had a legal relationship that has no yeah. no uh, no bearing on on this interview. Right. End of story. And it's all he would it have probably had to have would have been he he that we probably wouldn't even be thinking about it now. Yeah, even even better. He could have said that and then he could have allowed somebody on his staff, a producer, to actually tape the interview that then he would air. That yeah. would be even better. Yeah. But yeah. of course But not, it's just there's nothing that didn't occur to him. No, that didn't. And and afterwards he's like, Why well, why should I? It's my private right. You know, blah blah blah. Right. He doesn't see himself in, in, in a role of having to follow some rule of ethics. No, and and, uh, you know, and, and he will also say that his show is opinion, not news. Right. Yeah. Well, so yeah. He'll, he'll the, say the that. Equivalent the equivalent of the the equivalent of the op-ed page or the editorial page, rather than the news page. Yeah. Which is, uh, and and you know, while we're talking about that network, mm-hmm. cheers to Shep Smith or whatever his name is, the the guy who actually has come out and and said some common sense things on Fox News yeah. and somehow still has a job. Yeah. So. Well, I you know there may be people there that are trying to change it. Fox News has a problem that the average viewer so is seventy one years old, yeah, and uh, yeah, you yeah. know, and it's um, whereas um, and and now apparently Rachel Maddow has yeah. passed Hannity, Hannity uh, for the first time uh, for the first time in that's in some Marches. good news. Yeah. yeah, well, that it you know of course she's she does digs on a lot of the stuff on the Russia question. She's sort of mm-hmm. at the forefront of that, and so that's what people are like, yeah. how much longer are we going to have this guy? And it's like, you know, I don't know, then we're going to, we'd have Pence. Right? <laughs> so, well, yeah. yeah, and, you know, there's the whole other story we haven't even gotten to yet, uh, the, the speculation that uh, there is a behind-the-scenes plan between Pence and Nikki Haley uh-huh. 
you know, what if Trump uh, is impeached? Or if not, would they consider challenging him in yeah. 2020? And, you know, I'll say again, I, I think he will be challenged from within his own party in 2020, right. whether it's Nikki Haley or Pence or Bob Corker or who knows. I mean, w- we have no idea. Well, did we talk on a previous show about what if there was a, if, if it was between Kamala Harris and mm-hmm. Nikki Haley, high level, intelligent two women? Yeah. It would just sort of change I, the face. I would of love politics. to have that choice. Yeah. Uh, and, here, and here's the thing. Uh, although I would disagree with Nikki Haley on a lot of policy, she is a thoughtful, common sense person. And that is the kind of person we need on that side. Yeah. Somebody who can actually talk about facts and talk right. about solutions. Because in a complex world, it makes sense that we would disagree sometimes on yeah. what the best path is. And and the point is we need to be able to talk about possible solutions yeah. and, and ways and, forward. And when, the, when the Trump tried to do their politics with her Kudlow back down right away. Right. Yeah. Oh, she must have been confused. He said. With, yeah. She said, "With all she due said, respect, well, I, I do don't not get, get confused." confused. Yeah. yeah. I thought just, that was great. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so you I know, know. I, I, it's uh, anyway. We I, all we also have the possibility of a bipartisan ticket uh, between um, you know a couple, the governor of Colorado and the governor of Ohio. That's been speculated about. Right. So you know, Kasich and Hickenlooper right. try putting that on a bumper sticker. Well, I, it's it's going to be interesting. It comes back to this fall as to what's going to happen. Now we we've seen uh, that. What is it now? Thirty Republicans more, more uh, have, a little uh, bit more than that have, yeah. have retired. Thirty three or thirty four, less than ten like Democrats, and right. uh, and including what's his name in Southern California, down between San Diego and Orange County. What's oh, his name? Uh, yeah, the uh, car alarm guy, uh, Daryl Issa. Daryl Issa, which he narrowly won in. Uh, Although I hear he's thinking about running in another district down there. Right. I don't they, know if he's made a decision on that. Yeah, that's well. That it's getting late. Yeah, he, we uh, also need to keep an eye on a Democrat down there, Adam Schiff, who has um, you know he, acquitted himself very well in all of the, in, the discussions in the House of this. Intelligence Committee. In the House, yeah, yeah uh, re- with regard to this the right. Russian investigation. Yeah, I believe yeah. he's from the Burbank area. Was a U.S. attorney in that area? Yeah. Well, it's um, <clears throat> we'll we'll see that now on the Senate. Like I said, there's ten. Democrats defending themselves in states that Trump won, but it's mm-hmm. um, but you know I, I mean it looks like John Tester got himself in yeah. uh, into the news. He's I think he's liked there. You've got I think McCaskill is one of the weak points. That's going to be a tough one. She's yeah. in a tough state to start with. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know Missouri is one of those. Uh, you know I get. Some people don't even call it purple anymore; that it's actually red. But, yeah. but you know, if you know anything about that state, uh, there, there there are some progressive people, especially in the St. Louis area, and a few in the Kansas City area. But right. you, uh, once again, you've got a state where where the rural areas between those two major metropolitan areas are deeply, deeply, deeply red. red. Yeah, but we've had some deeply red. We have go there, but there's local things as well. There are people who don't like her for various reasons, yep. and and. Um, um, and it may be that that the Trump factor doesn't help her as much as it's helped people in Georgia or Pennsylvania. Well, and remember, in her last election, um, uh, whatever it was, six years ago, she benefited from uh, a, a guy who made some really idiotic comments uh, close to election time. Right. Uh, and, um, you know, that that kind of torpedoed his his campaign. So... Uh, and who knows yeah. what's going to happen? There's but another. She's, a, she's in a tough race. There, there's a yeah, and then I don't know if it if it's shaping up to be a tough race. But have you seen any polls with regard to Sherrod Brown? 
Isn't he up this year? Uh, I believe he is. Because yeah. they talk, they're talking about how the blue wave isn't really playing out in Ohio, at mm-hmm. least in the polls. Um, and so, but again, he sometimes people are loved for their own reasons, and he might be popular. But I haven't heard of him being in danger, and I'm wondering why. Well, you know, he—that's an interesting state too, uh, and uh, more divided now than than ever. Um, you know, he he depends heavily on winning Cleveland and Columbus overwhelmingly yeah. because Cincinnati, the Cincinnati-Dayton area is reliably red, and that's a large mm-hmm. area, too. So even though he's been in office a long time, you know, he was Secretary of State there for a while, and, you know, he is well-loved and well-known. Yeah, um, and he had, in 2012, outside of Obama, he had the most dark money thrown yeah. at him uh, yeah. at that time, and he still... Won it pretty and he's and he still won. Uh, yeah. He he's one of those survivors. Yeah, and uh, you know I hope I hope he's well. Who knows what's going to because happen. there's people that talk about if he does well in his reelection, he could be a presidential, could be a presidential candidate. candidate or at least vice president on the ticket somehow uh, in order on, to on help ticket, with Ohio. He's, he's he sort of represents that that you know that culture mm-hmm. in that sense that the Democrats kind of missed out on in 2016. Yeah. Um, and he does it without being pro-gun and all that. Somehow right. he manages to to be populist in that sense. Um, he's getting up there in years, he but is. he, um, but I, you know, and and I don't know, and and he doesn't have a lot of name recognition right now. But I just wonder not outside of if Ohio. They, they right. do that if, if he, he. It would seem to make sense to put him on a ticket so that because they, they because the saying goes in recent history, if the Democrats take Ohio, they take the the country exactly. Uh, and there's going to be a lot of uh, strategizing along those lines uh, especially yeah. when it comes well when you look at the results of 2016 especially uh, ohio and pennsylvania and michigan and wisconsin right and florida yeah uh you know now here's a, here's a, i know we're almost out of time here's another one uh the candidate running against ted cruz in texas has oh, yes. has outraised him right exponentially yeah and they're really in, in single digits in the polls o'rourke yeah o'rourke uh, yeah Oh uh, yeah, they, it's it's within yeah. he's within striking distance. Yeah, uh, wouldn't that be? That would be earth shaking. Yes, and that's a, that was we, in the promo. That would be huge. I mean, that would just be a devastating blow all the way around. Mm-hmm. I, it just because to, to win in Texas, and it would probably have, and it would be ironic because he would probably do it with the Latino vote, mm-hmm. and and it would be a white candidate defeating a Latino candidate. Uh, well, yeah, and uh, uh, oddly enough. Lion Ted Cruz is yeah. now having to come on board with Donald Trump, a yeah. guy who accused his father of being yeah. involved in the Kennedy assassination, right. calling him liar and attacked his wife and his family. Yeah. And now he has to kiss the ring of the president right. in order to satisfy some of the far right in yeah, Texas. Yeah, because he didn't endorse during the, the convention. No. He played a game with it and then exactly. later got slammed and ended up a couple weeks before the election uh, endorsing yeah. him. And uh, yeah, no, it's not. And, and and he's also got a problem is that nobody who knows him likes him. No. I mean, he's got people talking about back in his college days, his roommate hated right. him and kept putting on, he, he would hit the snooze button over and over and over again. Roommate asked him to stop. He wouldn't stop. So his roommate super glued the, the uh, snooze button on it. And it just, it was, um, uh, it, you know, they, and, and people are like sending him emails. Why didn't you smother him in his sleep? With that would pillow? be a great political <laughs> ad, the super glue on the snooze button. What are you going to do at 3 a.m. with this guy? Uh, you know? uh, anyway, it's, um, 
it, it uh, no, it, it, it's a uh, it, it's going to be fascinating to watch, um, and uh, it, it, because we've sort of written off the Senate just because there's so many Democrats um, that uh, have to defend in those states. But um, Trump hasn't done well for his candidates. Didn't help him in Georgia. Didn't help him in Pennsylvania. No. Uh, we're down to one minute. And how about some closing thoughts here? Well, I I think as uh, one of our callers, Dave in, in Soham, you know, talked about being hopeful and optimistic I, I you know i still the last time i was on your show i said the same thing i'm still hopeful and maybe even more so now i think i think the statistics still point to uh the democrats taking the house i'm not sure i would not put money on the senate yeah. but if they can take the house then at least some of the trump agenda can be stalled mm-hmm. until another presidential election so for me that's the most i can hope for right now but i th- i really do think that that's going to happen but everybody listening has to go vote yeah yeah they, the, the senate wouldn't be able to stall court nominations i mean no. uh, pardon me the, the house wouldn't be able to stall that's court. true and, that's and, and court nominations senate. can last 40 or 50 years yeah. All right. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you, Michael, for engineering. Thank you, callers, and thank you, Chuck Rogers. Of course, You're we'll welcome. have you back. Good soon to be. Uh, look forward to it. All right. Thank you. Till next time. You've been listening to Thursday Night Talk on KHSU. Thank you to Eric Kirk and Chuck Rogers. We love to get feedback on our programs. Please email Thursday Night Talk at khsu.org and like our Facebook page Thursday Night Talk on KHSU.